0: following message is from Narrative Church, a Lutheran church located in Williamson County, Texas. For more information, go to www.narrative.church. So let's get into the Word of God. So Mark chapter 4 is where we're going to be today. Open your Bible, open your phone, whatever it is, full permission to have your phones open this morning. There is something from my childhood that every time I bite into it, it transports me. And it's raspberries. Especially fresh raspberries. My dad's side of the family is born on the island, Galveston, Texas. So a lot of the family is Texas born and bred. But my mom, to this day, would claim to be a Minnesotan. And not only that, but she is from the countryside. She's from a a little town called Young America. That if you kind of picture what Young America would look like in your mind, you're probably pretty close. But my grandma Doling had one of the best gardens known to man. And every summer, most summers, our trip was to drive up to Young America and we would spend a week with grandma and we'd do. Maybe a a week of something fun, we'd go to the north shore of Lake Superior, we'd go to a lake house, we'd do something like that. But grandma's raspberries would be coming ripe about the time we'd get there in the summer. And let me tell you, when you pick a fresh bowl of raspberries, go inside, rinse them off with cold water, and just get to sit and eat fresh, off-the-plant raspberries, There's something for me that as I eat those, I just get transported back. Now, the nice thing about Minnesota, about my grandma's garden, was she would just call my cousin Nate or my uncle Gary, and they would come over and just till everything up, right? You just get a hoe or you get a tiller, and you just go through and turn everything over. So a couple years ago, when Chelsea says, I really want a garden, I thought, This is going to be interesting. Because you drive through the countryside of Minnesota and the dirt is black with nutrients. It is a dark, dark color. And you dig down two inches in our backyard, and it's limestone. (laughs) So Chelsea and I went through the process. We built the gardens. And then there was a point where one of our neighbors goes, hey, so are you guys keeping some kind of animals over there? Because we had not yet put dirt in the gardens. And it's different than just tilling up some soil because what you get is three yards of dirt dumped on your driveway. And then the joy of what you get to do is put that dirt into a wheelbarrow, wheel it back, dump it in the garden, and do it again. What, what's the face? Okay. The best... That, hold on. The first time, the first time I was there. The second time... Chelsea gave me a birthday present for her birthday, which was I was out of town when she had the dirt delivered, so I didn't have to move any of it. Now, but the beautiful thing is that Chelsea has grown all kinds of stuff. We had cucumbers last year. that, like, It was funny because Chelsea would go out and be like, I swear to you, I picked all the cucumbers yesterday. And she pulls out just this great looking cucumber. They just wouldn't stop. We had pickles for weeks and it was awesome. And Chelsea has done this great job of taking what is there and cultivating with what we have to grow these gardens. But it took a lot of work, not just me, I was gonna make sure people knew. I, I had the story lined up, I planned these things takes a lot of work to grow a garden down here. I wonder if sometimes that's how we view evangelism. How when we share the word of God, we look and we go, Lord, I hear you, but there's these other places where, yeah, they're ready to hear the word of God, but Lord, you know, you don't understand my friends, you don't understand the place where I live, you don't understand the culture I'm in. It would take a lot of work to do that. And Lord, you know what's on my shoulders when I do this? You know, do you know the the, the fear I feel that if I'm gonna share and talk about you, and Lord, you, you just it's like me looking at three cubic yards of dirt. going, on, I sure wish someone else would do this. But Jesus knew that about us, he knew who we were, and so he tells this story that we're gonna walk through today. So we're going to start in verse 3. So Mark 4, 3. And it says this. The sower sows the word. I went too far. Listen, a sower went out to sow. My highlights are backwards. So listen, a sower went out to sow. Let's take a second. I just want to break down what's happening even in this first verse. So listen, that word there is the Greek word akuo. Doesn't look like that's what it is, but I promise you, akuo, that's what it is. Now what's great is we're going to nerd out for a second, and I promise you I don't do this often where we nerd out about the grammar of scripture, but we're going to do it. So when we look here at how This word is written in this context. It is second person imperative plural, which is a lot to say. It's saying, y'all, listen. So when Jesus is saying, listen, he is speaking directly to his audience, and he's saying it intensely. He's like, listen up, y'all. We're about to learn. Pay attention and watch what's going to happen when we get to the end of this story. Because he begins with this imperative to say, listen, pay attention. And I love what happens next. He goes, a sower went to sow. And you're like, man, deep stuff, Jesus. A sower went to sow. It's a baker went to bake. A teacher went to teach. A welder went to weld. Very simple phrase. A sower went to sow. Well, yeah, of course he did, Jesus. That's what sowers do. Now, when you hear sower, we're not talking sower, seamstress. Sower, someone who plants seeds, right? So a sower went to sow, to put the seed in the ground. And I think this is important for us because a sower went to sow. We need to hear that. Because as disciples, when Jesus says a sower went to sow, he's saying, listen, as a disciple, as a child of God, There are things that you do. Like a sower sows, so you too. As a child of God, as a disciple, as a person following me, so you too will sow the word of God. Period. Not a question mark. What he's saying, when he says, a sower went to sow, he wants to make sure we understand that as we listen to this story, a parable, an earthly story with kingdom significance, that this is about us. So a sower went to sow. Now let's talk about what he does here. So a sower went to sow. And his seed, as we talk about it today, is going to be the word of God, right? Because a parable, an earthly story with kingdom significance. So as he talks about a sower, there's going to be some insight there that the seed is the word of God. But let's look then... At verse 3, it says this, I'm sorry, verse 4. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. So think about the last time uh, you've seen a field, whether it be in person or in a a movie, um, in a TV show. Uh, Chelsea and I enjoyed the first episode of a, a show called Clarkson's Farm, which is about one of the guys from Top Gear, has a farm in England, and he decides, I'm going to farm it, and it's hilarious. But these farms, these fields, are edged, right? And so in the time of Jesus, the edges would have had paths along them. And so this is the edge of the field. As the sower sows some seed, falls along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Now, what we see here is Jesus helps us to understand this. Just a few verses down the road, in verse 15, he talks about this. He says, the sower sows the word, and those are the ones along the path where the word is sown, they hear, and Satan immediately comes and takes the word that was sown to them. And so as we look at this idea of the path, that as a sower sows, right, they're not sitting down and putting... One seed, right? They're flinging seed out. That's how it would have gone in these times. So, as your hand would move across the way, right? And so, as the sower sowed some falls on the path, the birds come along and eat it. And Jesus says, Listen, this is like when you sow the word of God and it falls on some hearts and it's just rocky. It's not even just rocky, it's hardened. So sometimes when you talk about the gospel and who Jesus is, there will be people who just don't care. That it just falls and the seed bounces. It doesn't even fall into the soil because of how hard it is. Let's look at the next verse here. Verse 5 and 6. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up and it had no depths of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. So this is like a loose rock, right? Like this is if I tilled the backyard at my house where we're pulling up little bits and pieces of limestone, or in our case, a lot of pieces of like, you know, construction debris, like, thanks, house builders. Um, but as you would till, this is, is seed that falls and doesn't get a deep root because there are things causing it to fade. And so because the roots cannot go deep, the sun comes out and it withers. And Jesus then says this a couple verses later in verse 16. And these are the ones are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones that when they hear the word immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a little while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. So there's a type of soil that even as you sow, it seems to take root. But when trial, tribulation, persecution come along, there's not a place for them to go. It is an excitement over who Jesus is, but not a depth of what he's done. Let's go ahead and look at the next couple of verses there at the beginning of the chapter. So we go to verse 7. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. So these are plants that grow, but because they are choked off from nutrients... There's no fruit that comes. So it doesn't bear fruit. A plant, wheat, is supposed to bear fruit. You don't plant wheat to look at it. You plant wheat because down the line you want flour. You plant wheat because down the line you want bread. Maybe even a cake. And so you do these things for the purpose of fruit. Let's jump ahead again. And Jesus says this. And those are the ones sown among the thorns. This is verse 18 and 19. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires of other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfaithful, unfruitful. This is one I think we have to watch out for. Not just as sowers, but as those who receive the word. That as we think about soil in our own life, as people who live in a first world nation, we are blessed with so many things. And when trials or riches or the cares of the world step in, we can lose sight of the depth of love that Jesus has for us. And I say for those of us in the first world, because... And I will speak from me. The speed at which I move to God must not love me can be blinding sometimes. A couple weeks ago it was, you know, Sunday afternoons. Sunday afternoons in the daring household are just like, let's take a nap. You got tasks to do? No, you don't. We're just going to hang out. It's going to be great. If it's baseball season, there's baseball on. If it's football playoffs, maybe we'll watch some of those. And so when Chelsea calls me at about 4 o'clock from the garage, because welcome to 2022, right? She calls me, she goes, something's wrong with the garage door. This was the garage door I had had fixed. I paid for the nice spring in January 2021. So I come downstairs, and sure enough, here we are, January 2022, And the garage door is just hanging at an angle. It should not be hanging. And I'm looking at it, and I'm getting frustrated. I'm like, I just got to get it down. Because if we call out the guy today, it's going to be extra because it's a Sunday. So if I can get it down, we can get him out tomorrow and get it fixed. We start bringing it down. It has now not just jumped the track. The wheels are falling off one side of the door. It's at this point where I go, We are past my expertise of garage door repair. Chelsea had the great idea. We get a stepladder. We balance it. We call the guy. He comes out. And uh, it was a basic fix, but like not more basic, more intense than I could handle, right? I did the right thing. But in terms of, uh, if you're a fan of the movie White Christmas, uh, in our family, we would refer to this repair as right between ouch and boing, which is in White Christmas how they refer to the cost of something. But it was like enough that it was not fun, but it wasn't like, okay, we got to sell something. Right? But it was one of those things that I'm learning in my life of discipleship as I grow and seek after the Lord. There is this temptation when something goes wrong, my great fear of failure says, what did I do wrong? How did I break the garage door? People are going to look at this and go, man, that guy is a terrible homeowner. And I start spiraling. And I noticed I got close to being like, Lord, don't you know the two years we've had? And you couldn't take care of a garage door? See, that's the danger, I think, sometimes in our faith in the first world. I'm so glad the Lord caught me in that moment. It was like, we're going to teach you something. Because I like here that Scripture says, the cares of the world and riches. Notice beforehand on, on the, the seed that fell on the rocky soil. It was riches, but it was more persecution. Troubles. Here, this plant has some roots but it doesn't produce fruit because it doesn't trust that even in the cares of the world. Can I believe enough that in the cares of my world that Jesus is watching out for me? And I think sometimes it's easy for us to get lost in the cares of the world and of riches. But also as we share the good news of Jesus, as we are called to be sowers, there will be times that all three of these soils show up. There will be times that you share who Jesus is and someone goes, yeah, I don't need that in my life. Okay. There are going to be people who are going to be pumped. You're going to share the gospel with them. They're going to hear it. They're going to get excited. They're going to want to you know, know more. They're going to want to say, hey, help me read my Bible. Uh, I love Jesus. I know what he's all about. And then the sun's going to beat down and it's going to wither. And then there's going to be seed that falls on rocky ground. Seed that doesn't produce, it may grow, but it doesn't produce, it is just consuming, seeking those nutrients to try, but it gets lost in other things. And before we get to the good soil, I want us to sit here for a second because sometimes, or because I want us to look at this in two ways. We can identify both with the sower and the soil to say, hey, we are called to be sowers of the word, but we also are called for our hearts to be good soil. And I want you to think about this: if the sower comes out and goes, you know what, we need some more grain, what do they do? They till, they pull up rocks, they fertilize. As I read this story, as I think about what the Lord has called me to do, there will be times that as I sow, people just aren't going to want the word of the Lord or it will fall away from them. And I think there's freedom there that you don't have to be in charge of that. But hold on to that. We're going to get to that more in a minute. But I also want us to think that listen, there's rocky soil out there, there are paths, there are thorns. Do you think the farmer sees a patch of thorns and goes, well, shouldn't put any seed here? No. They go and get the right tools to pull up the thorns. If they say, you know what, this field and the field next to it would actually produce more if I connected them, they tear up the paths. There are two pieces to this which says, Listen, Jesus wants to give you the freedom that people sometimes just aren't going to hear the word of the Lord. But there's also a freedom that says, but he's giving you the opportunity to help till the ground. To say, listen, just because you don't hear the word of the Lord doesn't mean I don't love you. The freedom we have in tilling soil, in doing the work, in loving our neighbors, is that it's not for us, it's for the harvest. It's for the hope and the prayer that good soil is created as we do that. That as we love our neighbors, that maybe some of these places that were rocky, that were full of thorns, that were a path, are slowly being chewed up by the work of the Holy Spirit so that when we scatter seed, it is good soil. But the freedom we also have is that if it's not, that's out of our control. And so let's look here at the verse on good soil. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and in increasing yield, uh, growing up and in increasing and yielding 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. Jesus says this in verse 20. But those ho- seeds that were sown on But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. So what is good soil? In my experience, good soil is the Holy Spirit has prepared that there has been tilling, there has been work, and that people say, I need a Savior. Because when people look and say, I need a savior, the story of Jesus is going to take deep root for them. It's going to take deep root in who they are. You watch that root in good soil bears fruit. Just walk down the bread aisle, not this week, next week once they've restocked, and think about how much grain is needed For one aisle of bread in H-E-B. Right? So when you plant wheat, you want it to produce a hundredfold. Because you get more bread the more wheat you produce. The life of a Christian, the life of following after Jesus, is not just about consuming. It's about consuming to produce. That as we look at the story of the sower, this parable... An earthly story with kingdom significance, we read it and we say the purpose is the harvest for the kingdom. That it's about the kingdom of God. It's about more people knowing the love that Jesus has for them. If you'll jump with me to verse 26, this won't be on the screen. But verse 26, Jesus says this. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. And when the grain is ripe at once, he puts it to the sickle because the harvest has come. A worker in the field will take care of the soil, will work to find good soil. But they know that they do not cause the growth. They can do all kinds of things to help that along. But even now, when Jesus says he knows not how it grows, and we could say, well, it's photosynthesis. Well, when was the last time you turned on the sun? All right? It's still still like photosynthesis, all this stuff. Like, yeah, but the Lord is still causing the growth in the plant. Even the nutrients, we can tell you how it all happens. Watch it, go watch a time-lapse video of a plant growing. Because what's crazy is you'll watch it reach for the sunlight, and it is ultra-creepy. Because you're like, this thing should not be alive like that. The joy we have in being children of God, is that we are called to be sowers of the word. The good news of Jesus puts on us in our identity to be sowers of the word. There is not a way to get around that. There's not a way to be like, listen, I want to be the Christian that does everything but that. You're not going to be Billy Graham. Well, maybe you will. I don't know. But like, Most of us are not going to be Billy Graham, and that's good. You know why? Because Jesus gives us freedom. He says, listen, I'm not telling you to sit there and stare at that seed on the path and be like, do it. Grow. No, I'm giving you the freedom. Spread the word. And watch what happens. Love your neighbors. Sow the word. And watch what happens. If you turn with me or pull up on your phone, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Starting in verse four. This verse hangs on one of our walls. One of the verses in here. When we planted a church, this is one of the first verses Chelsea read to me as we got going. And it's one that helps me refocus when I lose my way. Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and they're having trouble because it's him and this guy Apollos. And they're like, well, do we follow Paul? Do we follow Apollos? And he's like, you stupid Corinthians. You follow Jesus. So he says it like this. For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not merely being human? Are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. I planted, Apollos watered. God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. What story, what myth of God's created by human capacity. It says God steps down, sacrifices himself, and then when it's done to save his people, he doesn't stop. He invites them in to say, be my fellow worker. Your creation, the purpose for why I created you is to work my field. And you know what? I know who you are as people. I know there will be fear in sowing the gospel. There will be fear in telling about who I am. So let me give you peace. You may till, you may sow, you may fertilize, you may water, but leave the growth up to me. Now, sometimes it may be heart-wrenching. Sometimes you may bang your head against the wall with a friend you want to talk more about Jesus with, and you just don't get it. But the freedom is you don't have to feel guilt, because God gives the growth. Jesus ends this story with a bookend. At the beginning, it was a kuo. Y'all listen. And then he ends it with, and let those who have ears, let them here, and I love that, because Jesus is being a little spicy. Right, because he knows there are some who are going to hear the story, and they're going to be banging their head against the wall going, he's talking about sowing seed. But he bookends it, pay attention. And he ends it, if you have ears, hear. It is Jesus speaking the freedom of, of sharing the gospel to us. He bookends it with, listen, it's going to be good. And he ends it with, it's for you. If you have ears, hear, understand. So till the fields, love your neighbors. Sow the seed. That means share the gospel. Share who Jesus is. Faith comes by hearing. People need to hear who Jesus is but then live in freedom because God gives the growth let they who have ears let them hear let's pray lord let us live in the joyful knowledge that you give the growth Let us live in that freedom. But Lord, challenge us to remember that we are sowers. That as your children, we are called to share the good news of who you are. Lord, we thank you for this story that teaches that to us. That in our sowing, there is joy and there is freedom. In your son Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.